0: Hello friends, it's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, the down-to-earth guide to natural practices for healthier birds and a happier world. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, The president of Chickenlandia. Hey guys, welcome to Chickenlandia and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. Uh, I see we already have some people here on the live chat, and I want to thank you for being here today. And I also want to give a shout out to those that are listening on the podcast. So, thank you so much. For listening to Bok Talk, I appreciate it. Uh, Wow, we've got some, well, I don't know if I can say that they're fun things to talk about today, because uh, they're both really frustrating issues. One is feather picking, which is a form of cannibalism in chickens. Not fun at all. Just that word is like, ugh. And we're also going to talk about uh, rooster damage, which is another frustrating problem. Um, last week, we tried out a new format where I answered first the questions that were submitted to Bok Talk through my website. And you can do that. You can submit a question. Just go to welcometochickenlandia.com, go to the contact section, and there's a little scroll down menu. And you can press ask a chicken question and send me a question. And I will get it, and if it is appropriate for the um, subject that I'm on for the following week, I will I will answer it. Um, sometimes I don't get to all the questions. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm starting to get lots of questions coming in. So uh, I, I, it used to be that I just, like, answered every question that came in, and now um, I can't do that because there's just not enough time in an hour. <laughs> or actually, I try to keep it to about 40 minutes. Um, but that's your best bet to get a question answered on Bok talk. If you are in the live and you have a question that you want me to answer, if you can wait until I open it up for questions, um, that's the easiest for me because, uh, the, you know, the live chat kind of moves fast. This is a one woman show. You know, I'm the president of Chickenlandia, but I can only do so much. <laughs> um, and so it's more likely that I'll be able to see it and answer your question that way. Um, so let's see. You know, I got a, well, first I want to say hello to some of the people in the chat. Uh, Green, Tree, Green Dream Project is here. Uh, they are my wonderful moderators. And if you have not checked out Green Dream Project, they're absolutely doing some amazing things in the middle of the desert. Um, It's just wild seeing all the things that they're doing. So definitely go check them out. Almost Homestead is here. Thank you for being here. Christina's Corner, Brilliant Creatures. Thank you for being here. Uh, My sister is here, Elsa. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Thank you for figuring out Pacific time. Uh, Brianna Novak, thank you for being here. Uh, She says, first time chicken mom here. I am very grateful that you are so generous with your knowledge, Madam President. Well, thank you. (laughs) Happy, happy to do so. Oh, yes. (laughs) So my sister is here. And if you don't know, if you've been following Chickenlandia for a long time, then you know that all the members of my family have titles. So my husband is the first man of Chickenlandia. Uh, My kids are the little prince and the little king of Chickenlandia. My mom is the queen mother of Chickenlandia. (laughs) And my sister Elsa is the Pippa of Chickenlandia. So there's your little uh, Chickenlandia history lesson there. (laughs) So I want to get right into the questions that were submitted through my website. The first one is actually from a friend of mine. Her name is Selena and she... Has a chicken that she loves, but this is this is the problem. Selena says, I don't want to get rid of Pearl because she's actually a very nice chicken, but she is just obsessed with eating feathers from these two big fluffy cochins of mine. Well, it is tempting. I get it. <laughs> I just don't get it. Does she need protein, calcium, vitamin D, Valium? <laughs> I mean, what the cluck, but she didn't say what the cluck. That's how frustrated she was. (laughs) So um, yeah. So like I said before, uh, feather picking is a form of cannibalism among chickens. And there's a few different forms of cannibalism, which all of them are very frustrating and obviously not something that we want to deal with. Um, And a lot of them have the same, uh things that you would address to stop the issue and i just want to talk about just some things that you want to look at if you are experiencing feather picking and you know i mean there's many different reasons for chickens losing feathers sorry that's my dogs i don't know if you can hear them sometimes they're molting and they usually molt in the late summer early fall so it might, you know, you might notice that your chickens are losing feathers and there's a lot of feathers lying around everywhere. And you're like, Oh my gosh, are they, are they picking each other's feathers off? Well, no, they're molting and they do that every year. So that's normal. Um, but if you're actually seeing a chicken picking on another chicken, pulling the feather off, and a lot of times they will eat the feather. Um, then you have a problem on your hands if you, if you keep seeing that. So, Um, A few things that I want you to think about is, number one, we're going to start out with, are your chickens able to peck and scratch? So chickens have a natural instinct. They really need to peck and scratch. That's what they do. If you watch them outside, it's basically all day pecking and scratching. And that's really important for them to be able to do that. So if you have your chickens on wire or if you have them in an area where they just don't have access to the ground that they can peck and, and scratch on, then they are more likely to look at other things and see if maybe it would be fun to peck that. So, um, you know, unfortunately, you see a lot with chickens that are kept in cages Well, where they will actually turn on each other and start picking each other's feathers out and then you know begin eating those feathers and it becomes a cycle that's really hard to stop so i know that some people keep their chickens on wire but i really am somebody that would advocate for chickens being having access to the ground so that they can fulfill that instinct that they have that's a a very strong instinct and it's there for a reason so make sure that they are able to peck and scratch um The other thing is you want to make sure that your chickens aren't overcrowded. So what I say is inside the coop, you're going to want at least four, you're going to want four square feet per standard size chicken. That, that would be the best case scenario. Now, if you have outside of your coop, more areas where they can be away from the elements, you know, like if it's raining or snowing, they can hang out in these areas and they won't have like this awful draft coming at them, then you can get away with a little bit less space in the coop. You could do, but I would do no less than two square feet of space in the coop per standard size chicken. If they, you know, let's say you have a pretty cramped coop and then you have weather where they're going to be in the coop, hanging out in the coop for an extended period of time, They, that's another scenario where they might start looking at each other and say, gosh, you know, I'm really bored. I can't get out and peck and scratch. And so I'm going to peck at my flock mate over there. So you don't want that scenario. You want to make sure they have enough space. Um, Not enough roost space can be an issue. So I usually say about 10 to 15 inches of space for standard size chicken on a roost really the more the better even even though at night they're gonna like you go in there and they're all like huddled together (laughs) but with flock dynamics the way that it is um sometimes they'll fight for certain spots and that's when chickens can start to get stressed out and then they they just or maybe they don't want to be so cramped up on the roost and so they'll start pecking at each other you don't want that so make sure that you have enough uh, roost space for them Uh, You also want to make sure that your nesting boxes are nice and private for them, that you have enough nesting boxes uh, for them to choose from and um, that they're not having to fight to get to the nesting box or that they, you know, you want to make sure that they feel comfortable using the nesting box. Uh, If you have your chickens in an enclosed run, make sure that they have enough enrichment. So what that means is you don't want them to get bored. You want them to have at least 10 square feet of space first per, per standard sized chicken if they're going to stay living in an enclosed run all the time. Um, and then even with that, you want to give them things to do because they don't have access to a big pasture where there's lots of things for them to discover, um, what you can do is you can get a flock block that's like this um, condensed. I was having trouble <laughs> describing what this was the other day, but or on one of these lives. It's, it's like a condensed block of seeds and grain and yummy things for them to peck at. And that can sometimes satisfy that need to peck and help with boredom when they don't have a ton of space to go out and have an adventure in. Um, you can get a cabbage, hang it on a string. That's kind of funny to watch them peck that. Um, and you can put extra perches and things for them to sit on and, you know, a dust bath, dust bath for them. Just make sure that they have things to do. Um, and then the other thing is you don't want your chickens to be too stressed out because when they're stressed out, that's when they start to get into trouble, Um, a predator attack can trigger a lot of stress in a flock. Um, and so you're going to want to like get them back to normal as soon as possible. If you have a predator attack, make sure you address why it happened, how the predator was able to get in and get to your chickens so that they don't have to continue to worry about that. Um, if you have construction going on around your coop and run that can stress them out any changes to the environment, or even if you add chickens and that will disrupt the pecking order that can stress them out too. So these are all things that can make them develop these habits that are really hard to break, uh, like feather picking, um, You know, if there is, if you believe that they're under stress and there really is nothing you can do about it, like let's say there is construction going on and you can't do anything about it. It's like the city doing construction. What are you going to do? Then um, you could get some rescue remedy, put a couple of drops of that in their water. And I usually have some rescue remedy right here, but I don't have any right now. Um, I'm going to put a link in the description and in the show notes I talk about rescue remedy a lot. It's a, a Bach flower remedy. And flower remedies are kind of like homeopathics. They're kind of, a, they work on an energetic level. And, you know, some people will be like, oh, well, I don't believe that or whatever. And that's fine. Um, but for those that do, I just want to offer that as an option. If my chickens, whenever, whenever I, I rescue a lot of chickens, so when I bring new chickens in, usually those chickens are pretty stressed out and then when i bring chickens in it stresses out my whole flock so what i will do is i will put a couple drops of rescue remedy in their water and that's all you need just a couple little drops i just get the kind that's for humans they have pet kind and they have children's kind but i get the the adult human kind and i just put a couple drops in their water And that will help to just kind of take the edge off and hopefully calm them down a little bit. And it's good to have it because it's great for shock too. Um, Or if they have any kind of illness or injury, I just, that's one of the first things I do. I will take it (laughs) because usually when something like that happens, I'm also stressed out. Uh, I just need to keep a bottle of that like next to me all the time. (laughs) Um, Y'all don't know, I get stressed out this chicken game is, is hard. Um, anyway, um, yeah, it's one of the first things that I reach for in any kind of stressful chicken situation. Um, and so last but not least, if you have, if you're feeding, especially if you're feeding a, like a mash layer feed, which is what I feed. I, I love the, the feed that I use. It's like got grains and, and, um, corn and it's not processed. Well, grain. Corn is a grain. <laughs> Bear with me. This is live. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I use, I feed a non-processed layer mash to my chickens. Um, and because it's not processed, there is a part of the feed that is called the fines and that has a lot of nutrition in it. And there's a few different feeds like this. It's getting it's gaining more popularity. But if you're using a feed that has fines in it, like a fine powder, there's a lot of nutrition in that. And sometimes chickens will be picky. It depends on your flock. But sometimes they'll be picky and they won't eat it and they'll waste a lot of it. Well, they, they need that in order for that to be a complete feed. So what I do is I will ferment my feed and I feed, um, right now I'm feeding scratch and peck feed. I will ferment it, which is very easy to do. I'm going to be talking about that once we get into the summer, I'm going to talk about that more. Um, and I do have a very old video about fermenting feed and I'll post that in the show notes and in the description. Um, I will either ferment the feed or I will wet the feed down in the morning and mix it up. And that way they will eat all of it. They won't just like pick out the things that they want and then leave the rest. And and that's how I know that they're getting all the benefit of that feed. So that's very important. They need all the vitamins and minerals that are in their feed and it, if you're having, if you're experiencing feather picking, then you want, might want to take a look at what you're doing, how you're feeding your chickens and evaluate whether or not they're getting the proper nutrition. If you're giving, giving them a ton of treats, they might not be eating as much of their feed and maybe they're not getting as much nutrition as they should. Um, so those are things to think about. It's possible that they're not getting enough protein. Now, um, a lot of chicken keepers will be like protein, 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 protein. But you can actually give them too much protein. So I don't want you to like go crazy <laughs> and just go go protein crazy, you know, 20 20% protein with mealworms, and I'm giving them cat food and I'm feeding them steak or whatever. Um, that's not necessarily good for them either. So Uh, what I do is I have them on, uh, I believe it's a 16% protein feed, which is fine. And then I will also supplement a little bit of extra protein, especially if it's molting time, um, where they're losing a lot of nutrients by feeding them a really good for them treat like mealworms or, uh, grubs. And that way, you know, they're getting a little bit more protein, um, So, you know, just, just double check, start evaluate what you're feeding, make sure they're getting the proper nutrition because that could be part of the problem too. And then, um, also, oh, I said last but not least, but there's one more check for mites and lice and make sure that that's not actually the problem. Um, Right now is mite and lice season. I, I actually, I feel like I say that all year, like, <laughs> uh, but it really is like in the spring is when I get a lot of messages in like, oh my gosh, my chickens have mites. And then again, like in the fall, I get that. And it's just because the conditions are right for them. And also, especially in the spring, um, mites will hibernate And you will think that you don't have an issue and then they'll come out in the spring. So um, you want to make sure and stay on top of that. Make sure that they have areas where they can dust bathe because that's how they get rid of the little critters um, or keep them at bay. And um, just check them every once in a while to see if you're having an issue. So I hope this helps. Um, You know, this is just one of those things that's super frustrating And it might take a little bit of time to figure it out. Worst case scenario, maybe you will need to take that specific chicken, separate that chicken for a little while, and, you know, give it a lot of really good nutrition. And then after a few days, put it back with the flock and see if maybe that will kind of break the cycle. So I hope it does. Good luck with that. So, um, oh, Lids Country Living. We went to tcs a while ago we purchased four sexed female pullets that was six weeks ago now we ended up with three roosters oh my gosh oh my gosh in one hand sigh oh gosh that is that is a sigh yes at least we get to get more chickens well i like that you're looking on the right side of that your vids help me a ton. Oh well, i'm I'm so glad for that. Okay, so we our next question is from Gina, and um, she's going to talk about rooster damage. Gina says, I am beside myself, trying to decide what to do about my featherless hens. My rooster was treading so badly they are completely naked on their backs. Oh, my goodness. They have been wearing hen saddles, but apparently he must have been getting his feet up under the saddle. (laughs) Come on, dude. (laughs) Cool your jets. Uh, I rehomed him and I'm trying life in the chicken yard with rooster number two. But it's not getting any better. I like rooster number two. He is beautiful and seems less feisty with the ladies. I really didn't want to have to add more hens. I can't bear to see these hens defeathered any longer. Okay, so that is a frustrating problem. It sounds like you're doing the right thing with the uh, saddles that you have on them. And uh, if you didn't know, I did a, a, a video about a hen saddle. <laughs> that is a funny video, but I really like this saddle. It was like a denim one that was sent to me from my favorite chicken. And I'm going to put that link in the description and in the show notes. It's a super cute one. So if you don't know what a hand saddle is, it's basically like a saddle that you put, but not for riding. There's (laughs) not going to be like elves riding your chickens or whatever. Boy, (laughs) I'm really getting out there today. Um, It's a saddle that you put on their backs, like a, a cloth material that you put on their back and it keeps roosters from damaging their feathers whenever they're mating with them. Because roosters can get um very overactive and especially if they have a favorite hen, they will go after that same hen over and over and over again. And it's like, you know, come on, dude. They'll they'll do it so much that the hen will lose their feathers. And so that's not fun. So that's why some people will make heather um some people will make uh, hen saddles or they will and if you go online and type in hen saddle pattern I'm sure you'll get many results from that or you can buy them online and um, I'll actually I'll put the link to my favorite chicken in the description and show notes too because I love that company they're really nice people um, and they have fun a fun hen saddle <laughs> so Gina you know I know that you don't want to get more hens. That would definitely be one solution would be to get a few more hens. Um, usually I would say eight to 10 hens per rooster. If he's a, a big guy, then, and the, the hens are smaller, they tend to cause more damage. Um, and I know you really like him, but if you're, you know, if you're really concerned about it, you might think about getting a smaller rooster for your flock. So, it could also be, though, that because since you were having such a problem with the other rooster before, it could also be that the hens just need to go through their molt. And then once they go through their molt, they'll get in new feathers because sometimes the new feathers will not come in until they molt. So that actually could be the issue. Um so that's one thing to think about. Hopefully that's what it is, that they just need to go through their molt and then they'll get their feathers back. Um, but it sounds like you're doing everything right uh, having them in the saddles. You know, if you get a couple more hands, that would probably help. Uh, and then the other thing you want to do is make sure they don't have anything else going on, like mites or something, and that that's actually what's causing the feather loss. So make sure that you check, th- check them to make sure that that isn't the issue. Okay, so... Carmen had a question. Hey, hope all is well. I was just wondering. I was thinking about putting a chicken nest in the run. Would that be a bad idea? Thanks in advance. So by chicken nest, Carmen, I assume that uh, you are talking about putting another like a nesting box in the run and I think that's a, a fine idea. I have nesting boxes in our run. I have lots of nesting boxes, but I also don't mind like going all over the place trying to get eggs. <laughs> so just, you know, the more nesting boxes you put, the more you time you will spend collecting eggs. I would make sure like if you are going to let a chicken go broody there uh, and try and hatch out chicks, make sure that. Uh, Your run is predator-proof because they'll be very vulnerable, obviously, overnight if they're in the nesting box. But I don't see that it would be an issue having a nesting box in the run. I I do have them. I have a couple of them. And it's absolutely fine. You just want to make sure that you're able to get to it so you can get the eggs. And then I have one last question before I'm going to open it. I'm going to open it up for questions here in just a minute in the live chat. But I've got one more question from Sophia And she sent me a question through my website, welcome to chickenlandia.com. And you can do that too if you go to the contact section and click ask a chicken question. So Sophia said, my chick who is three months old has green eyes. How pretty. Does that mean she could have a problem with her vision? So um, chickens can have different colored eyes. Uh, It depends on their genetics. It's likely that your chicken, er, that her eyes will change as she gets older, um, because that's pretty rare for them to have uh, green irises. So yeah, if she's acting fine, if she's pecking and scratching and acting normal, then she's likely okay. And it'll be very interesting to see whether or not her eyes change or they stay that color. That would be very pretty. Um, There are some diseases that will cause changes in eye color. If you see like some abnormalities between the eyes, like um, sometimes there'll be like an eye with a very small uh, iris and it just doesn't look right. The eyes look different from each other. Um, If you notice that there's other symptoms going on and especially if you think that she might be blind, then that would probably probably be time to consult a vet um, just to see what is going on because that would be a signal that there's definitely a problem. But if she's acting normal, then it's probably nothing and it would be pretty neat to see uh, what happens with that. Sophia also said, I got some di- diatomaceous earth. Should I put that in the food or in the dust bath sand? So some people will put it in their food. Uh, The regular, what people usually do is about two cups per 50 pound bag of feed. There is some question as to whether or not that does help with worms. Um, There's just not studies. Actually, there is one study and I think that they put it in the feed. I'm going to post that in the description and in the show notes and you can read it and, and make your own decisions about it. Uh, and, but I do put it in my dust bath. And I'll, I'll just put an, a nice amount of it in, my, in the chicken dust baths. And if you want to learn how to make your own chicken dust bath, I'm going to put that link in the description and show notes too. <laughs> um, diatomaceous earth is controversial. Like many things in the chicken world, it's controversial. So (laughs) um, like I said, I'm going to put that study in there. Um, Some people feel like the risk is too great for them to use it. Um, As for me, I always look at things risk versus risk. And uh, with diatomaceous earth, which if you get food grade diatomaceous earth, that is amorphous diatomaceous earth. You will find that in some of the food we eat, you'll find it in toothpaste. It's in a lot of things. So there's amorphous diatomaceous earth and crystalline diatomaceous earth. Crystalline diatomaceous earth is, is dangerous and you don't want to inhale it. And it's used got like industrial purposes. You'll find it in like pool filtration. It is not food grade. Uh, It's really not good for you. And then people who have been exposed to it for a long time have been uh, known to get cancer from it. So, you know, we don't want that. Amorphous has to have less than 1% of crystalline diatomaceous earth in order to be considered amorphous or food grade. Um, And so that is considered safe. Uh, Some people are concerned that it does have a little bit of the crystalline DE in it. And so that's, you know, that's a legitimate concern. You'll just have to weigh them against the other risks. For me, it's like, I like to prevent mites because I don't like most of the treatments that we give them to get rid of the mites. I don't like to deal with that. And a lot of them are not approved for chickens. And I actually had a chicken just drop dead from uh, using a traditional mite medicine. So um, That to me says that there is a risk to that, and so when I weigh that against diatomaceous earth, I choose diatomaceous earth. So there's my spiel. You know, very, very controversial that diatomaceous earth. Uh, Carmen, yes, I do use it. So um, those were my questions that were submitted to my website. If you have a question, um, you can ask me right now on the chat, and if I know the answer, I will answer you. <laughs> and if I get stumped. Then I'll answer you later. <laughs> oh, gosh. So Animal Empire asks, please tell me the nesting box dimensions for Rhode Island Red. And I actually, I do have that information, <laughs> but I don't have it memorized in my brain. Sunny, Sunny's place, are, if you're still there, tell me the nesting box dimensions. That It would just be like, you know, the regular dimensions for a standard size hen. So, but I can't think of the exact dimensions right now. Cammy Barber says, "How do you feel about mixing your own chicken feed?" Um, I think that's great. I I really, you know, the whole thing about Chickenlandia Landia is that uh I really want it to be inclusive for I I just believe that all people should be able to have chickens. I believe chicken keeping should be accessible. For people of all economic levels. Um, So, I don't, you know, even though I feed a a very high quality feed that is not, you know, considered cheap compared to some other feeds, um, I think that there should be options for everybody and that there wasn't always chicken feed. You know, chicken feed is relatively new when you look at the length of time that humans have lived with domestic chickens. So um, if you can mix your own chicken feed, I think that's a great idea. And I absolutely think that you should do it. Sunny's Place says 12 by 12 for your nesting box animal empire. Thank you for that, Sunny's Place. So yeah, I think that's a great idea. I would just make sure that it has all what they need, you know, all the nutrition that they need in it. So you'll have to do a little bit of research and, and uh, find out what you need to do to make sure that they're getting proper nutrition. Claudia Reina asks, can I feed raw garlic to my hens? And if I can, how much? Um, Yes, you can. Some people will take uh, a clove of garlic. They will cut it in half or, you know, cut it into a couple pieces and put it in their water. But you need to make sure if you do that, that they're actually drinking the water, that it doesn't put them off from the water. And then what I will do, and especially if I have chickens that are sick, Or if I have like a chicken that's sneezing and I had to separate that chicken from the flock um, and it isn't doing well, then I'll be I'll be like, okay, I need to I need to attend to the immune systems of my other chickens and give them a little boost. So I will cut up just like a clove of garlic. Now, it depends on how many chickens you have. I have uh, I have 19 chickens, but most of them are about this big. (laughs) And if you're listening on the podcast. I'm holding, you know, about the size of a softball. I have really small chickens. Most of them are. So, you know, I'll cut up maybe one or two cloves of garlic and put it into their feed for that day. Or I'll put it – actually, I will scramble it in eggs so I know that they're going to gobble it up. Um, So I don't have – you know, I don't have any, like, hard and fast measurements. I would say if you have – Six standard-sized chickens, I'd probably do one clove of garlic for them and just chop it up really fine and put it into some scrambled egg or their feed. So yes, it is, uh, in my opinion, some people will disagree with me, but in my opinion, and this is from the research that I've done and certainly I've read about it. um, You know, I've read about it in the Chicken Health Handbook uh, and it's probably in Stories Guide for Raising Chickens. Garlic is good for them, so uh, that's that's what I'm going to say. Uh, Cami Barber asked if chickens can eat citrus scraps. Um, you know, uh, the general consensus on that is not to give them citrus sc- scraps. I I mean, I think if you throw them out to them, they probably won't eat them. Um, it's my observation that chickens will eat what is good for them and not eat what is. You know, I mean, obviously, like I gave my chickens a hot dog this morning. <laughs> now, now, it was a healthy hot dog. It was like cut up. They uh, they went crazy, but um, it wasn't like you know an unhealthy. It was it wasn't an unhealthy hot dog. It was very healthy, organic. 100% beef hot dog um, and I'm only saying that because I was just talking about giving your, not giving your chickens junk food um, you know generally if there's something like poisonous or bad for chickens they generally will not eat it they have a pretty good sense about that that sense is affected more the more enclosed they are so you know I have my chickens in an enclosed run and so you know if they were hungry and i brought a big pile of stuff out to them and in that big pile there was stuff that was poisonous to them there's more of a chance that they would eat it than if they were pasture-raised chickens because um, pasture-raised chickens seem to have more of an instinct of what they should and should not eat so that's something to keep in mind obviously if chickens are hungry they're more likely to eat something that isn't good for them. Um, but there's plenty of people, not only in the United States, but all over the world that only feed their chickens scraps. I mean, that that's what their chickens eat all the time, every day. And um, it is a very sustainable way of feeding your chickens. I might, you know, my chickens are my pets. They're super spoiled, but I absolutely am not in disagreement with this way of feeding your chickens. I think it's great and they make compost and, um, it's a very sustainable way of raising chickens and a very affordable way to raise them. And, you know, you just don't hear a lot of, issues where you know chickens were raised on compost and they ate something that was poisonous to them or they ate a they ate a an orange peel and then they died they they would likely know not to do that so the conservative answer to that is don't feed them the orange peel and i I, you know in full disclosure i don't uh the other answer would be you could put it out there and they won't eat it it's very likely that they won't eat it unless they're like super hungry Okay, guys, I'm going to answer one more question and then we have got to wrap it up because, you know, I like to keep things short and simple in Chickenlandia really so that, um, you know, people will listen to it (laughs) because that's what I want. Hello, my garden and the dinosaurs who live there. Thank you so, so much for being here. And Celeste Ness says a hot dog are you shocked (laughs) uh saffron moon we're not allowed to feed scraps here in the uk unless it's a full vegan household uh yeah it's i i know about that i know about that law and i do think that's unfortunate because what that does is that that creates some exclusivity when it comes to to keeping chickens and i don't like that i want people all people to be able to raise chickens can silky, uh, chicken man, Harry can silky roosters mount a full-sized chicken. They're going to try. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think so. Um, they will try. I mean, I have like, I have chickens that are really little, two little roosters. One of them, he's, he's a little bit bigger and it's like, it's like he was, he's going surfing, you know, <laughs> his favorite hen is a, is a big hen and I don't know how it's happening, but it is. So I would say yes to that. It it really depends on the size of the, of the hens and, and the size of your rooster, but the silky uh, roosters are bantams, but they're on the bigger, the bigger end of the bantam, bantam size spectrum. Giselle asked, what is your favorite breed of chicken? And I always have the same answer, all of them. (laughs) So you guys, my next video is gonna be all about how we're getting to the end of baby chick season. Is it too late? Is it too late to get baby chicks? Did you miss the chicken train? (laughs) That's what my next video is about. So make sure and check it out. It's gonna be out Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, Thank you so much for watching. Welcome to Chickenlandia's Bok Talk, your 100% friendly chicken show. Um, So glad to have you here. Thank you so much for the people that are listening on the podcast. Really appreciate it. If you want to submit a question, go to welcometochickenlandia.com. Make sure that you join the mailing list so that you can keep up with all the amazing things that are happening in Chickenlandia, and then go to the contact section and you can ask a chicken question in there. And I will answer if it, if it works out, if it's on topic, I will answer it on Bok talk live. So uh, I would love to see you submit a question there. Uh, thank you very much, guys. I hope you have a wonderful day. Take care of yourself, and we will see you next time. Dalia Montroso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit welcometochickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Boog-o!